0: You're listening to The Sound of Social Podcast, where we break down all things social media, news, hacks, and tips for brands, along with NFTs and Web3. All right, let's get this show started.
1: Guys, welcome to episode one of The Sound of Social Podcast, and um, this is a new episode podcast we're launching which will be going out every thursday in this episode i sit down with mark fryer who's built a youtube channel around golf he gives away so much information in this podcast regarding how to grow your channel how to monetize it the hacks and how to grow quickly so it's a great podcast please have a listen to it share it and enjoy mark thank you for joining us in episode one of the sound of social podcast It's, it's a pleasure thank you for taking time out how are you
0: yeah, very good, thank you for having me. Pleasure to do it.
1: Well, you know, when we when we decided to uh, launch the podcast in a new direction, we wanted to have people on that had a, a very interesting journey and built their brands and businesses on social media. So you were one of the people the research team looked into. Um, yeah. Just before we get started, if you could just tell everyone a little bit about yourself,
0: please. Yeah, so I'm, I'm predominantly a golf coach, um, is what, what my main role is. Um, I have currently just actually finished up coaching in person to focus more on the um, the online side of things on my YouTube, my Facebook, my Instagrams. Um, but yeah, a golf pro, been in the industry for, oof, uh, I think about 14 years now. Wow. Um, yeah, i have done the sort of, started as a, a trainee assistant, wanted to be a tour player, that didn't go to plan. Then um, got into coaching and was at um, Trafford Golf Centre, one of the busiest ranges in Europe for uh, three and a half years. I think it was four years, maybe um, coaching full time. And then, as my my social stuff started to um, take off, that that was demanding more of my time. And like I say, now we've just started uh, just focusing on that full time. So, Matt,
1: how did you, uh, from a golf coach working in the near the Trafford Centre, how did you end up on YouTube? Like, and how, because YouTube. Is a very um, when people think of YouTube, they think of it. Oh, it looks difficult to do. It's not as easy as something like TikTok, where you just point and shoot. So, how did you end up on like YouTube? What was that journey like for you?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm very lucky that one of my one of my good friends, he's got the biggest YouTube channel in the world for golf, um, Rick okay. Shields. So we we both worked as assistants together at May maybe um, eight years ago now. I think it was and. Right. And as Rick started, he he moved to Trafford Golf Centre to coach and we you know, we both like YouTube. I was already watching a lot of YouTube. I actually um used YouTube to watch music videos quite a lot. So oh, Jamal sweet. Edwards who's yeah, who's sadly just passed away. I was a big fan of oh. SBTV, would watch loads and loads of that. So knew about the platform already. Um but never never used it for golf or anything like that then. As Rick moved over to Trafford Centre and was growing his teaching business, um, I watched what he was doing. And then he left Trafford Centre. And about a year later, I, I got a job there coaching full time. And I'd had my channel for maybe three years prior to going to the Trafford Centre, but I didn't really know what I wanted to use it for, why I had it, you know, what, what I was delivering on there. So I never really did anything I'd maybe put a video every now and again of me playing golf or maybe giving a golf tip but there was no no definitive idea of what you know Matt Fryer golf was really but as soon as I moved to the Trafford Centre I just used it as a way of free marketing I'd seen how Rick had um leveraged it to get more students because at the time when he was there there was only four golf coaches when I went I became the the seventh I think um, and obviously, seven golf coaches, you, you're fighting for business. We needed to provide our own clients and bring in our own revenue. So it was a way of me touching other people outside of the Manchester area, um, all around the country, really. And that's where where predominantly the, the YouTube started taking off from then. I knew that I, I had a purpose of providing golf lessons on there, golf tips to help people get better at the game, uh, enjoy the game more, which ultimately would hopefully see them um transform into potentially becoming a cluster of mine which started to happen i started seeing guys come in and girls from you know um outside of the manchester region to start off with and it was and this was uh, all by
1: youtube they were discovering yeah youtube
0: yeah so i had the, had the youtube um like I say probably f- i would say I- i've had my channel now for seven years but i only really sort of see my my channel properly going for four and a half years now really five years Um but yeah they would they would see me on there Um I had Instagram as well to go along with it so any video that I would uh, release I would promote on on Instagram as well and Twitter um, never really did Facebook until last January and um, got into Facebook then but yeah it was it was just youtube predominantly just to see that new people were coming to me they started travelling from all over england wales had guys driving down from scotland wow. i had um a couple of chaps from australia actually come for lessons they were they were on a holiday and they 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 flew one way as the family flew the other and they came for like a day's lessons with me and spent a full day with me and then flew on to meet the families and things like that so it was just a you know a way for me to get busy and then, as time grew and because I knew what I was wanting the channel to be and what I wanted to deliver, and was obviously hopefully um, helping as many people as I could do um the the channel grew and grew and it, it it outgrew basically what I would do coaching to which point then I had to make a decision about where I wanted to go with it
1: now just just going slightly back um when you so when you decided you were going to really take it serious so out of the of four years ago how yeah. did you structure that then was there a certain formula you were using like we're going to go with three videos a day i mean three videos a week sorry or we're going to go we're going to i'm going to plan this many videos and this week i'm going to talk about how you play golf like this or the techniques or different costs. so how does that practically work then
0: yeah um so I, I had a I had a strategy in mind because like I say for the first 2 years it was like oh fancy making a video today I'll put one on and then oh, I'm not bothered and I wouldn't do anything for you know a month 6 weeks and obviously with the YouTube algorithm if you're not uploading um you you're not going to get pushed because obviously they want people on the platform if they see that your channel is very intermittent there's no point for them to push it as it were so having seen like the, my, my friends, how they were doing their channels and things and watching other golf YouTubers, uh, I came up with a plan that, well, I can make three videos a week, um, manage and maintain those, um, instead of trying to do as much like or stretch myself too thin where... I saw some people saying, well, I'll do a video every single day whilst I was still coaching, you know, 45 hours a week up until sort of 10 at night. I would then go home and I would have to edit my video that I've shot myself and go through the whole upload process. So it was um, a case that I said, well, I can film on a, I I always used to film on a Monday morning um, up at Warrington Golf Club, which is just around the corner from me. I knew that I could go there every Monday morning, shoot five videos um, in the space of like 6am till 11am before the first members would get round to the sort of the latter stages of the course where I would film and that would always mean that I could have three videos a week going out and if there were any reason for interruption on the next Monday if the weather was bad or whatever I had a couple of videos that then throughout the, the following week I could try and get the third one in but for I think it was for three years um, well even now up until now four years I've, I've still not missed an upload even if it's well, just been one or two a week we've we've had something go out every single week um yeah, on on average it has been three videos a week uh, and that's what I stick to generally like I say I'd rather um make better content than trying to just make basic um and um over, you know, quality over quantity, Uh, I wouldn't want to make five videos and them not be as good just to try and get it out. I'd rather get three good videos out there that look nice that, you know, are presented well, and means I can manage it in in my time efficiently, really.
1: And how difficult was that start period, you know, when when you're not getting the views? And how long did it take from going from, let's say, getting 50 views, 100 views or 10 views? to start how long did it take to see that increase in views and because you come when we speak to people they lose motivation very quickly or they're saying I've been doing it for six months seven months it's not working how did you get over that period and what did you do
0: yeah so I think you know and and like I said earlier I'm very lucky that um Rick's one of my best mates and I could learn from him and the 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 you know, a lot of people, especially in the golf space, when they've come in, it was like, oh, they see what, you know, Rick was doing, Pete Finch, other golfers. was like, oh, they get free golf clubs or they get this. And that was the motivation to do it as where, as I I started coaching, I, I sat down and, and Rick, you know, had talked to me about um, sort of making money from YouTube and how I would make my money would be. If I could say convert you, you would watch one of my videos, and then you end up booking a lesson for me, which and yeah. an initial lesson would cost you forty pounds. So that was my payment. So instead of looking at like, oh well, I've got you know only a thousand views, um, or I've got you know a hundred thousand views this month, it would be oh I've actually seen ten people come off the back of the I videos. See. This is this is working. So so for, it's like an
1: advert process. It's just like a lead generation yeah, to you.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was just pure marketing, you know, if you I, I did a little bit of Facebook marketing um, in one of my previous roles when I was at a golf club, because you didn't have the the general public walking in through the shop, it was very much the members that were there. So I, I did some paid advertisement and saw some, you know, good return from it. But with YouTube, I was able to, you know, do something that I liked, get my face out there, get known and then see the benefit of people actually coming for lessons. So at the start, it wasn't, you know, for probably two years, really, it wasn't that um, sort of demoralizing if you got a bad uh, bad video go out or didn't see too many views. I was always looking at, you know, what they would do and how many views they were getting and how they'd become, you know, um, more popular, get it out to more people. But it was always, oh, well, I've I've seen, you know, one one client in the first month, and it was like two, and then it got to the point where, um, as I left Trafford Centre, I actually didn't take any clients on anymore because I had too many, and also I didn't take any clients that just walked in from the range. Everyone who was, you know, coming from a lesson um, with me was from social media.
1: Well, and do you... Do you think somebody looking to start a YouTube channel right now in 2022, do you think it's more difficult, do you think it's still worth it, you can still do it, or do you feel there are just too many channels out there and it's just too difficult to kind of organically grow on there?
0: Yeah, no, uh, there's always space for more people, and I think we're going to see more and more um, creators come into the platform. Um, you think, you know, really, it's only in its infancy it's only really just getting going. What is it now? Two thousand and twenty two. So it was uh oh five, oh six it started. That's right, yeah. You know, l8 0- it properly it properly got going. Um so yeah, I think there's there's more than enough space. Everyone's got a story to tell, everyone's got their own ver- you know, their own um version of events or a reason why they're doing things. I think for anyone who would be starting, it's it's knowing why you want to do it, you know obviously like with kids nowadays, the the most popular career choice, they want to be a YouTuber, because it looks glitz and glam from a lot of like, if you see some of the more um, sort of culture channels, you know, music and all the, the daily vlogs and things, it is pretty cool what those guys get up to and those girls do on those channels, like the makeup vlogs and different things like that. But it's, I think the, my main my main tip would be like, knowing why you're doing it, going in there with a purpose, like for for us at Matt Fry Golf, it is to help educate golfers, help them enjoy the game more, and um, get more people to play golf. And you know that helps us make the content we want to, and you know make the choices we want to. As well. I wouldn't just go into it thinking oh, I want to be a YouTuber, because you know you, I, you I, will.
1: I, I totally agree with what you're saying there because a lot of them YouTubers that are, that are, are big that are huge. I'm seeing over half a million subscribers up to mm. let nobody started it as a business it was all as a hobby so it was just yeah. a hobby that they did so if you look yeah. at the boxing youtube channels the football youtube channels yeah the, the the tech youtube channels yeah nobody went in there with a business plan saying we're going to do xyz for so many we're going to make this much money and then we're going to invest it it was literally I'm into boxing. I'm going to react to a fight. I'm into golf. I'm going to react to a a tournament. I'm into F1. I'm going to react or I'm going to give my opinion. or I'm going to record some highlights and edit them. And that's what it was. And I I think when you're doing YouTube, if you do it as a hobby and when you're not getting the views, it's much easier to get over that as a business because then it's much harder when you're thinking. I've never seen any YouTube channel really unless you're Nike or somebody we really go big on there as a business model it's literally all hobbies and interests that became big on the back of that yeah,
0: now 100%.
1: one question we get asked is and I'm sure you get asked is and you don't have to give us uh, the exact details but at what point do you start at what po- subscriber point or viewpoints do you start seeing good revenue come in and I know sector is different and, 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 yeah. and you know some pay more some pay less But just generally, at what point do you start thinking, bloody hell, I might have to, I can afford to quit my job to go to this?
0: Yeah, so um, for me, it was, I always wanted YouTube. As I started to see a little bit of revenue come from it, it was like, well, if it can support my coaching and means that I don't have to coach five days a week now, I can coach three days a week and not be, because I used to do, I think it was three. Three nights till 10 p.m so it'd be like nine in the morning till 10 at night with an hour's break in there in, for lunch and just grind lessons out so if it meant that i could um you know take two days off from coaching to maybe make a few more videos that was the first stage then it got to the point where what i was making coaching i made more on youtube um so it was like well this is obviously not just going to stop overnight. It's been growing and growing, and I can see the the potential from, um, like Rick and Pete and my other friends, how that how much money they make, how their businesses work. So it, it, I think it depends on how you want to live your life, what what you're comfortable sure. with, um, taking away. Um, a lot of like for myself now, I've I've just we're just signed yesterday for a new office. Um, I've taken on two full-time staff this year. Um, Where's the so office? It's in Warrington. Nice. Yeah, so I've got I've got a little studio at the moment, but uh, it's nothing fancy. But we're we're um, we're we've got like a golf simulator in there. But we're we're moving to one where we can have a simulator, and then two office spaces, and a, a room for recording any other videos. So um, in terms of revenue, it it, it it is endless. Really, you can make as much as you want and. You know, you can stop your job depending on what, what you need to survive, basically. Um, but I would say sort of numbers-wise, if you're probably doing a million views a month on YouTube, you would yeah. be a- able to live a, an okay life. And, it, and obviously, sure. it depends on your, uh, your CPM as well, because you look at someone like David Dobrik, who's getting, you know, 10, 20 million views a video... But doesn't make any money off YouTube because his content's a little bit controversial. Yeah. Advertisers don't want to be seen by it. So for something like golf, where you know we're very safe, um, yeah. So, I think Bitcoin, you know, I,
1: crypt, crypto, pay the highest, if I'm not mistaken. Like that yeah. cryptocurrency are the highest pays. But you're right. If I for even for, for the people listening or watching, if your all your views are, let's say, coming from. Asia or South Asia, you'll be worth a lot less to somebody getting a lot of views in the West. And then if mm. you're getting a lot of views in the finance sector or something really high-end, you get paid more. But as a flip point, not as a flip point, as a, as a point, a million in your sector, it gets you to a point where you can start really thinking about taking it up full-time. And yeah, definitely, Is that yeah. made up of just Google paying you through views or is that made up of sponsorships, product placement,
0: um so like if you did just a, like a million on on youtube for golf you would be generally okay i've got sponsor contracts in place that Bob. um is why i can hire staff and things like that now they cover staff wages so sure um but yeah there's i, I would say you could you could comfortably live off a mill really um a million views and like I say if that was in a in a decent space and you, you're uh your content's ad friendly, but there's, there's multiple streams. You know, when you start looking at product placement or paid post on Instagram, when you're looking at, uh, like another arm of our business now is Facebook. Um, we do quite a lot of video. Like we have a a video a day, go out on Facebook now. Um, so growing that side and seeing, you know, Facebook watch becoming a big thing now Yeah, the, 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 the ceiling is really, you know, Uh, endless you could go and find loads of different ways and it is interesting when you talk to other content creators where their revenue comes from whether it be you know sponsorship views um, paid events and different arms of your business basically
1: and how do you see the new
0: have have
1: other platforms impacted your viewers for example with the rise of tiktok have you seen uh, views come down have you seen Um, you're having to adapt your strategy and move on to uh, platforms like TikTok?
0: Um, I I don't think it's affected too much, um, especially for like when you're like, what what I do is coaching content, something like TikTok. It's going to be a little bit too quick for it. Um, I'm essentially giving a lesson every time we do the coaching video. So to do that in 60 seconds, you're not going to get the, the information across and, you know, the demonstration um, of said, you know, drill or tip that you're doing. So um TikTok, not so much. It is good for it. We, we've got an account. We need to do more on it, hence why I've actually hired someone to manage more of my social stuff so we can be across more of the platforms because more eyeballs is always a It's just gone
1: to 10 minutes. I don't know whether you know that or not. So you can have oh, 10, right, no. 10 minute videos on there. And now on TikTok, you can fast forward on in the videos. So as, right. as YouTube, you can go to certain points. And they're yeah, also like um, launching a creator, they have launched a creator fund. Um, so they're going quite aggressive on long form, really aggressive. Yeah. And another cool yeah. feature on there is currently is um, the live and the shopping feature, which they're really aggressively pushing and they're pushing creators to get on. But it'll be interesting right. how Somebody like you, that's predominantly YouTube, adapts to that because Yeah. Um, uh, just my opinion, I think every brand should be on, has to be on there. But again, the content, as rightly you said, cannot be what you put into YouTube onto there. It needs to be much faster and mm. much snappier and getting to the point. Whereas YouTube, you're optimizing for watch time. Here, you're optimizing for 10, 15 second attention and hoping once yeah. they get past that, they watch it for longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's where, like I say, in in last year, January, set up the Facebook properly and we started doing Mm -hmm. videos when we came out of lockdown in April. Um, And that is just like short form videos of what we do on YouTube, very snappy content, um, generally all around about three to five minute videos. So that's, you know, a different style and it's um, a different edit to what we do. You know, a lot goes into the YouTube edits as well. The Facebook's are very basic I just you know grab the attention quickly and then just let it ride out um so yeah i think it, it is interesting uh for, for myself i've been a little bit wary of trying to do too much i think at the start of my um youtube journey probably three four years ago it was like right get get that focus you know Twitter insta and and youtube was about all i could manage and handle and keep them productive as well if i think a lot of people are trying to do too much over too many platforms sure and end up end up suffering for it as well yeah obviously tiktok's massive now isn't it and it is it is interesting how their like their model works with it being a matt
1: what about what about patreon are you doing anything on patreon
0: uh no we don't we don't do anything there no um potentially would look into it i'm not I'm a lot not 100% of youtubers sure. use that don't they yeah yeah i think a lot of them you know trying to fund projects and things like that um the sort of business model we've got is that at the moment youtube's probably 50 percent i would say of of the revenue it brings in then sponsorships and then um looking at like live events and things like that coaching events for me to to meet, would... to meet people and coach again
1: as an idea, I would look at how the football fan channels use Patreon. So What they'll do is, uh, I don't know if you follow any football teams, mm. but what they'll do is they'll have a Patreon group as part of the channel at, let's say, £5 a month, and then they'll put extra content in the Patreon channel just for the Patreon members. And then yeah. that's an extra revenue stream, which I've seen a lot of them do. But again, it just depends on how much you can handle and where your focus is, I suppose, as, as rightly you've said. Do you... Yeah. Because... Uh, a lot of research we've done, and when we speak to people is, and you ask them about skills or things they've learned, and a lot of them will say, we learn of YouTube, that's, that's what mm-hmm. we see. Do you yeah. see the traditional education system changing because of this now? So colleges, universities becoming less important, and a lot of people just saying, I'm going to just use YouTube to train or learn skills, or use something like Skillshare, or these other online learning kind of platforms
0: yeah i think it's it's going to have an impact i think you know your your college system in america is is always going to be there the way that's set up it's going to keep people just cycled through it constantly um but i think you know you know as i said earlier it's it's in its infancy youtube and the, the social media stuff but i definitely think over time more people will um not be so hesitant not to get a college degree or a university degree they'll um see how other creators have gone and built you know brands big businesses off the back of just starting from a, a camera in the bedroom let's say and i think that there'll be a transition where you know maybe 10 percent, 20 percent, whatever it may be will look at um, becoming a creator online and building their own brand instead of saying you know, i'm going to go and do my four years at uni get my degree and just go into x job because i've got that degree um, and end up with loads of debt yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think it will change and definitely um, learning has, has 100% change, you know, from when I was coaching at the range, the amount of people that would come in for the first lesson and say, oh, I've watched you, I've watched this tip from him, I've I've seen that lesson from that girl, I've done this on that and I've done it, and it was like, all oh, right, okay, and they've watched, you know, 10, 10 different channels, tied 10 different tips as where well. you go back, 10 years ago in golf it would have been i've had a lesson with my local pro didn't like him i tried one with a pro there that was okay and now i've come to you or i just don't have lessons so there's definitely it's opened up um, a huge you know a huge um, audience of people wanting to just learn differently do you do as i'll flip that then do you think people
1: know too much and they're trying to educate you on how to do it well i've seen it on youtube and they do it like this you're doing it like this
0: yeah, there's there's obviously there's too much information sometimes and it's knowing yeah. um what's relevant, like for me as a as a golf coach and, and a student will come to me, they'll say, Oh, I've done this, I do that and I do that and it's like, Well how did you come to that conclusion? It's understanding what's actually the correct um, way of going about fixing the problem you have, and there might be multiple ways of doing it. It's just identifying the actual problem and the the, the reason for it. Like golf is a you know a complex sport, mm. really. So there's you know lots of things happening. You're moving a club around your body at quite high speeds, and your body's got to turn. It's the only sport where we're playing side on from the target and not looking at your target. Um, so, yeah, there, there are things when people come in and they've they've overloaded on information and some of it which, you know, isn't relevant to them. Um, and, they you know, they want to know certain things about technology and how, um, like, a launch monitor that tracks your your golf swing and your ball. But I need to know this. And it's like, well, you don't really. You just need to learn how to find the middle of the club face to start off with. That information isn't going to help you right now. So, yeah, it is, it, it, you know, knowledge is a a dangerous thing sometimes and it's it's going about and getting it in the right way and that's why you know as as a golf coach it was always give the information in the the bite-sized chunks get them in and then tailor the information to them
1: it's interesting you (laughs) said my doctor told me once that 10 years ago you'd somebody would come in and say i've got this wrong with me and you'd then prescriber medication yeah. he goes now they come in and say this is wrong with me i've read online i need this medication prescribing yeah. me and i was just wondering whether people come to you now and say well i've seen this type of golf club i want to use that and i want to do it like this and you're like not really and because golf it, for me golf reminds me a lot of snooker when you watch snooker and golf it looks very easy until you mm-hmm. actually go and do it and you think this is you know, I've watched Ronnie O'Sullivan hit 147 so many times and Stephen Henry when I was a lot younger and I used to go and play a lot. And it was so difficult. And even with golf, just getting the swing right and, you know, the, the, how far you want to hit the ball. It looks so, so easy. But in reality, it's just not. It's just yeah, not. I and I suppose that's why you need a coach now. Going forward, what are your plans for the channel then and your brand in the next year? Where do you guys want to be?
0: Uh, yeah, so we're, we're trying to grow as much as we can. Ideally, you know, get get to the quarter million stage of subscribers on YouTube. You think um, you'll be
1: able to do that in the next year?
0: Yeah, uh, but, you know, ideally the, the goal is if we could get it by December, that would be fantastic. But I think, like I said earlier, knowing, you know, what, what we... Um, what we're doing it for, you know, we've got like the mission statement wrote on the wall in the office and um as long as we're that? so Matt Fry Golf is basically to help golfers enjoy enjoy their game, get better at the game and get more people playing the game through easy tips, but what well, simplified information basically. So yeah, as long as you know we keep keep that focus on on what we're doing there, um it's just going to keep growing really um with having you know a couple more staff now and being able to spend more time on production on on what we're actually doing instead of having to squeeze it in between me coaching um i think we're you know going to be able to deliver a better product i've also got another business where we're we're launching a membership um site for people to you know take more in-depth lessons so that that comes out in July I think we're launching so we're we're in the background building that myself and my business partner at the moment um so yeah just just keep going if we you know grow Facebook um we we are looking to to go into to TikTok and do some stuff on there as well so just just get as many people um enjoying the game of golf as we can just one last question I forgot to ask you are you using YouTube Shorts no
1: is that something you you will use, or do you think it's not really going to take off?
0: Uh, it's it's a tricky one. So I, I I I see like I see the benefits of it. I, I looked, at, so I did a little bit of it. Um, I did, I think, ten or eleven shorts over the space of a month or two months, um, and actually only gained one subscriber off the back of them, um, and it's like I speak to a YouTube consultant a bit and read like read as much as I can about YouTube trying to obviously grow the channel and things like that and at the moment there's there's sort of no definitive answer on shorts for someone like me who makes longer form content with an average video being nine minutes long when you make a short video that's only sixty seconds the algorithm doesn't know what to push so you'll have awesome. um, your your, your channel average view goes down now they are looking at separating those things but if you're pushing nine minute videos you know three times a week and then put i was doing a short in between them answering questions from the previous video so if someone had put a comment in you know about how do i actually do this it would be a quick fire back to that that one comment uh, like the most liked comment or whatever it was so it was good for interaction but yeah, at the moment, um, just not doing it. Potentially maybe set up another channel for it because I do think there is there is space for it. You know, people would like to see just, oh, quickly. You know, obviously TikTok's proven it and that's why YouTube Shorts is there to try and take people away from TikTok and they see that as potentially a threat. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're not so sure on Shorts at the moment, but potentially we're, we're, we're looking at another channel for it. I was reading, I don't know
1: whether they've implemented this or not. If you watch a lot of shorts, when you log on to YouTube via your app on your phone, your default view is shorts. You only see shorts. Yeah. You don't yeah. see you know like you only the YouTube videos listed. Which yeah. is interesting, um, how they get people to switch. And if anybody wants to get in touch, wants your lessons, wants to follow you, wants to learn golf, how could they find out about you?
0: Yeah, well I'm I'm currently not doing lessons anymore, just um, just focusing fully online but um, everything's at Mark Fryer Golf whether it's Twitter Instagram, Facebook uh, and YouTube you'll find me all on those there at Mark Mark Fryer Golf so hit me up and, and we might be able to help you Matt, it's been a
1: pleasure thank you so much for your time
0: pleasure, enjoyed it Thank you for listening to The Sound of Social If you're enjoying the show be sure to follow and turn on notifications That way you won't miss an episode. Stay tuned for more and we'll catch you next time.